Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi. Can I help you find something? Librarians specialize in helping you find what you were looking for, and sometimes what you didn't know you were looking for. Thank you for joining me as I talk to my guests about all things library, including the books inside them. I'm Julie Chavez, and this is Ask a Librarian. Camille Pagan is the number one Amazon Charts best-selling author of 10 books, including her latest, Good For You. A master certified coach, she is the founder of Even Better Company, which helps aspiring to established authors create even better careers, and the host of the You Should Write a Book podcast. She has written for Forbes, The New York Times, Real Simple, Time, and many others. You can learn more about her at camillepagan.com and evenbetter.co. Here is my conversation with Camille. Where are you right now? I'm in Ann Arbor. Oh, wonderful. I don't think I knew. Oh, yes, I did know that. I lived in New York for a long time. We moved to Chicago, moved back to New York. And then 12 years ago, we moved to Ann Arbor to raise our kids here. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And we spend most of our summers in Puerto Rico. So, yeah. Oh, wonderful. I love it. Yeah. Well, let me officially welcome you to Ask a Librarian. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thank you for the time. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm thrilled. I am so Excited to talk about your new book, Good For You, Thank which you. is out what date? March 1st. So it March was released 1st. as an ebook early, oh. February 1st, as the Kindle First Reads promotion. Great. And the print versions will be out March 1st, as well as the Audible version. Well, I have to say, I need to get my hands on a print version because I was able to read it digitally before our interview, but I love the cover. Thank you. I do too. It's it's my favorite. (laughs) It's so beautiful. And it's so perfect for the book, too, when I got to the end. And I just thought, this is great. So thank you. I'm so thrilled. Well, exciting. Now, this is how many books have you written total? Ten of my own. Oh, okay. Yep. I've done a lot of book doctoring and ghost writing for nonfiction back in the day. So there are a bunch of nonfiction titles out there with my work on them. But fiction published 10 books and at least four in the drawer that will never be published. Yeah. Okay. Four in the drawer. I have to say, now that I've talked to more and more fiction writers, the in the Mm -hmm. drawer to me is both, I understand it now, but also as a a little perfectionist psycho, I think that's so terrifying (laughs) to me. I'm like, what do you mean it's in the drawer? (laughs) Like you did all that work and nothing's going to happen. That's my, my MFA right there. Right. Well, it sounds like it. Yes. I mean, yeah. you can just print those out and look at them when you're feeling sad or lonely, right? Yes. <laughs> so you can feel more sad and lonely because they're terrible books. <laughs> what makes them terrible? What what qualifies them for the drawer in your mind? So there's no right answer for this in writing universal, but for me, yeah. I'm looking for the emotional resonance that I get when writing. 
Okay. I always tell clients, for example, if you are bored or not feeling it, there's no way your reader's not going to feel that too. Mm. And so I approach fiction very differently than I did earlier in my career. I believe that there's some marriage of what the market wants and what you do really well. Mm -hmm. But those books that I put aside are all books that I just tried to write to market and they didn't have that emotional resonance. So no regrets. They taught me more about craft than almost anything else could have. Yes. And they also taught me a valuable lesson in terms of what I'm trying to write. So, Gosh, knowing yourself as a writer feels like so much of the battle and understanding Mm -hmm. what matters to you Yes, so that it can be authentic when it actually does get put to paper. Yeah. Because the question is always, how do I know if this is any good? So you can't because everyone is going to think something different about it. Yes. But I think for me as a writer, if I am tearing up and I'm laughing at different points in my manuscript, then I'm like, you're onto something. Is Mm. it going to get edited? Of course, thoroughly. Of course. But there's something there. Yeah. That's a really good way to think about it. Just having your own emotional resonance with it. Yep. Yeah, I like that's that where as a you start. Yeah, guiding tool. That's great. Mm-hmm. I loved so many things about Good for You, but one of Thank my you. favorite pieces of it is that this book for me was about a lot of intersections. You bring mm. up a lot of different ideas or not even ideas, things that have happened to the characters. So there're mm-hmm. themes of grief, there's love, obviously in career, there there's people pleasing, which I always yep. am like, "Oh, let me just dog ear that page." Oh yeah. And And also abuse. And so there are a lot of really, some of them are intense, some are light, but it's, you see them coming together in so many different ways throughout the story. And it's, so I really found this book to be probably, I've loved all your books, but probably your most compelling that I just Mm, read and thought, oh my gosh, I need to know what happens with these characters. Did you. you set out with some of those themes in mind or... Was that yeah. natural or where do you start? Do you start with the characters? Do you start with a plot? Always character. Okay. The book always for me is who am I writing about and then what happens to them? So I like to think about plot and protagonists at odds with each other to some degree. Yes. That's what makes us turn the page. It doesn't matter if it's literary fiction or sci-fi. Okay. It, having that kind of dissonance between what the protagonist wants and then what happens to them or what they happen to, depending on how they behave, yes, really gives you that element of will she or won't she, what, you know, what's going to happen next, that sort of thing. And so for me, I know a lot of people like to have an idea of what happens. They start okay. with plot, but I really think protagonist. So my protagonist for Good For You is Allie, and she has always wanted to be a magazine editor, which was my dream. And I worked as a magazine editor for a long time. And the industry, as any former magazine editor will tell you, and most of us are now former, there's not much of an industry left. Right. It is a little cruel to the people who love it most. Mm. And so Allie experiences this. Part of that is shifting digital landscape. Um, We're in an evolution in terms of what is happening in media right now. Sure. But also she's working for someone who is happy to just work her to the bone Mm -hmm. and take advantage of her perfectionism, her desire to show up and do a good job, et cetera. So started there and I thought, I want to do a book that does cover trauma. Mm -hmm. So I have a background, I had a pretty traumatic childhood. I work with a lot of clients who are writers and coaches. I work with both, but often people find me who have trauma in their own background. And I know having covered trauma extensively for WebMD and other outlets, 
a lot of people will experience it in their lifetime. So I thought it's this common thing, like truly very, very, very common. And why am I not seeing it in the kind of books that I write that often? They do exist, but there's not a lot of it. So I thought, I think I'm ready for this. And I just thought it would be a great way to have a character who had survived child abuse Mm -hmm. to then just have that be part of her story. It's not a book about abuse. I can't do those kind of books myself. I can't get through them. Mm -mm. I respect people who write them and read them, but it's not for me. So I just wanted to have something where it was but one part of the story to kind of reinforce this idea that that can be part of your life and you can have a life and things can work out for you. So that's where that came from. I'm really glad you included that and that you're speaking to that because it is true that our most terrible experiences sometimes can be so defining. Yes. And in both conscious and unconscious ways, even as you see yeah. with Allie. So I'm I'm really glad that you that you approached it with that yeah. that sort of lens. Cause I agree with you, some of those books. And yes, the people that are able to write like that and read them, it's amazing to me. Yeah. And I'm so glad that they do because it shines a light on very yeah. important topics. Very important for a lot of people. I just know that as a survivor, there are certain things I don't want to revisit. So my daughter is a voracious reader. She's 14. Yeah. And she'll be 15 soon enough. She reads a lot and she'll pick up books that, um, such as like A Little Life. Right. Want to read this with me? I was like, I'm sorry. I just can't. (laughs) Yeah. That's going to be a hard pass. (laughs) And she knows why. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, I'm just jealous that you have a voracious reader because I have two teenage boys. And the other one told me with no sense of irony or any sort of regret the other day, he said, I don't think I've read a book in two years. And I was like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Public (laughs) education is also, I know, I was like, golly, (laughs) this is just pathetic. Uh, Yeah. Right? He goes, and I said, well, you read The Odyssey. And he's like, yeah, but I hated that. And I said, okay, well. We're just going to put a pin in this conversation. Yeah, Yeah. same. But uh, it's I'm quite jealous. But yes, I too would be like, you read a little life and then maybe give me a synopsis and why it's Mm -hmm. so great. Yeah. Okay, so I love I loved the character of Allie, obviously because I I felt a lot of kinship with her and her just the way that she is and kind of her way of being in things. Mm -hmm. I I really. As someone who tends to push things down, too, Mm -hmm. I think I was seeing a lot of that, which I loved. I also loved Harry. Oh, I I love Harry. (laughs) I just, these are characters to love. I mean, they will stay with me. They're just so fun. Now, do you base them? So when you go to write the characters, do they pop into your mind kind of fully formed? Mm -hmm. Or do you give them traits that you, I mean, are you angling them or are they angling you? They do come to me as people, but I think a lot of that is informed by 20 years of journalism. So I have interviewed mm. probably thousands of people at this point. Wow. Experts, physicians, dietitians, psychologists, lots of psychologists, but then also people who just experience things. Mm. I did a lot of real person stories as told tos, interviewing people for, you know, one line means you're on the phone with them for 30 minutes. And so that experience, I think, gave me an ear for dialogue that Mm. I wouldn't have had otherwise. And also, everyone always wants to know, like, is that based on someone you know? Sure. The answer is always no, because they're a composite of so many humans I've interacted with. Yes. So that's just the truth. It's kind of boring to base 
a character on someone you've actually met, you're like, yeah. come on, you can do better. <laughs> well, and you only know the one side of them. So then you That's have right. to imagine the rest of the sides of them yeah. that are not visible to you anyway yeah. to make them. Yeah, that makes total sense. Well, That's exactly right. You do a really good job with your characters. They're delightful. And I laugh and I teared up a little bit. It was just oh, really yay. great. Did you, in terms of this story also has a lot about grief. Is yeah. that something that is compelling to you? I mean, I know it's kind of in the pantheon of, of certain kinds of experiences. I mean, what made you want to include that here? Every single one of my books has grief in it. And I think that's important by a couple things. One is just my worldview. I really think life is funny and sad. You know, that's just how I look at it. And so Part of the human experience, unfortunately, is loss. It just is. We know that from an early age. Yeah. And I was went through the misfortune of losing several close friends really early on in my life. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of with me. But I also think grief, because it's so universal, that and love, right? We're able to just understand the character in a different way. So mm-hmm. I don't do it to be emotional shorthand, but my storytelling instinct just goes there. Just goes there. Oh, I get it. Okay. Well, that makes total sense because there is, there is no love without loss in a variety of forms. So I, that's probably why some of your, or all of your writing connects so deeply for me because I feel that just funny and sad. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. (laughs) Happily depressing. Welcome, everyone. That's right. You're welcome, people. (laughs) Well, hopefully you leave every book with some hope, you you know? Yeah, let's bring this back around. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, you cry a little, but you feel all right. You know, those good cries where you're like, oh. I only want, and I am terrible at not, I don't talk very much about the books in terms of what happens because I'm always nervous to tell too much. Like, I don't really read the backs of books. Because oh, yeah. or the descriptions, because like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to know anything about it, which has led me to some really bad experiences, but that's a conversation for later. <laughs> but- Authors, please give Julie a trigger warning. <laughs> Come on. Exactly. If you could just put it on the front, that'd be great. Yeah. But um I think that it's so so I'm not saying that, but this one uh I loved the ending too. I will leave Thank it at you. that. So it's yeah. just perfect. You had a quote. I actually highlighted quite a few lines in this book, but one of them mm-hmm. that you put in was, change is a more palatable word for loss. Mm-hmm. And I, when you were just talking about funny and sad and that yeah. loss is so central to our lives, mm-hmm. that really stood out for me because I think as a parent, I struggle with change. And then just in general, I really, yeah. I don't even realize I'm doing it, but I really want stasis. And if truth be told, like a really happy stasis, like things are nice and yeah, things are going well. I want to level out and just keep it there. Just ride it all the way to the end like that. Yes. And so I think that was really, I love the way you put that. And you have such a good way of including those insights throughout the book uh, that I think is really natural. So this is a great book. I will be recommending it to all the people. Oh, thank you. I love this book. You know, they're all different and some of them, I'm proud of everything I've ever written, but there was a point in the middle of my career where I was being encouraged to write certain kinds of stories that I don't think ultimately tapped into what I do best. And what I... 
what kinds of stories? Like more didn't... family drama. Okay. Extended, okay. you know, family, that kind of thing. Uh, less love is always because now I think it's more common. Catherine Center does as well. Emily Henry, where you have woman's central story and love story. It's almost okay. like woman's romantic fiction, I hear people say. Oh, so yes. that's the kind of story that I instinctively write. Okay. And you know, marketing is always nervous that it's going to accidentally be a romance. I'd say I'm probably heading over to that category anyways, but being able to say, this is what I do well, and I embrace it, and I'm mm-hmm. going to do more of that instead of focusing on fixing the other things. I tell my clients to do that, and this book is that for me. I was like, I'm just going to enjoy the crap out of this experience. It wasn't the book that I had promised my publisher. It was the one I felt like writing. Yeah. And we brought it to them. We're like, do you want it or do we buy it back from you? And they were like, oh, we'd love it. So that all worked out amazingly. Okay. But, so there was a time yeah. where you were being encouraged and you had committed to write one a of different these books story. that wasn't in your wheelhouse. Yeah. And did you attempt it? Like for a day, Julie. <laughs> I'm <gonna be> honest <laughs> with you. I was like, okay, let's just try. Good I write for you. really fast. Yeah, thank you. Life I see is what too you did there. Short yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> that didn't even occur to me, actually. Good for you <laughs> yes. catching that. Man, you're going to get to do that so many times oh, on this so tour. Fun. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> no, I, that, but good for you. It, if it wasn't working, like, got to move yeah. on. Okay, so you tried for a day and then continue. Sorry. Oh, I just write really fast in general. So oh. I was like, I'll just sneak one in there. And then I finished this and gave it to my agent. I was like, this is the one, you know, I I found the one. (laughs) She loved it. She's like, let's just see. And so it it has a wonderful ending. And my now editor, Maria Gomez, who is usually at Montlake, but she edited for Lake Union for this title. Those are Amazon imprints. I had wanted to work with her for years. Mm -hmm. We just knew each other kind of in passing. And I was like, oh, this is... I know, I, you know, you just know, yeah. you're like, we're supposed to be friends. This was like, you're supposed to be my editor. Yes. And so my other editor who I adore and is now my developmental editor. So this is all a happy ending. Good. Left, okay. And Maria and I were paired together and we were just delighted. And then I gave her this book and it was just like, oh, everything worked out the way it was supposed to. That's so, man, yeah. it's such a good feeling when that happens. So good. I yeah. love serendipity. Finding your perfect home was hard. But thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. What does she do well? What do you like about working with her as an editor? 
So exactly what I tell my clients to do to really spend a lot less time trying to fix yourself mm-hmm. and focus on what you do well, both as a human and as a writer, it's okay. just a better place to operate from. That's how she edits. Wow. So it's not, let's go fix all this stuff. It's like, how can we do more of this thing? When you do this, this really works. Can we emphasize that? And we had a very similar vision for what needed to be streamlined and taken out. Okay. Um, so there, at one point, there was more about kids, which is all I'll say about that. Okay. But there were like more children in this book. Okay. And I had someone on my team suggest like, maybe you can do more of that. And Marie and I just looked at each other and we're like, no, take out like a lot hard, more. Hard pass. <laughs> yeah. Just for this particular story. Right. So really it's just a sensibility, which is what you're looking for, for any good editor. It's yes. not that they do all the things amazingly. It's that they get what you're doing and they're going to help you do it even better. Mm, that's yeah. a really good way to put it. And what a gift to have that with mm-hmm. her, especially on this book. That's really yeah. exciting. Oh, yeah, fun. So now, will, will you get the chance to work with her again? Um, we'll see. Okay. So I'm off contract right now, oh, which is, I does, love freedom. I'm not going to lie. I was <laughs> going to say, how does that feel? Is that like, you know, you're just dancing That's exciting. around the house? <laughs> A lot of authors really want contracts. So they yes. want to pitch an idea and maybe a couple pages, a chapter, get the approval and then write for it. So yeah. I get that. It's not a bad model at all. And then no. you get to pay your bills with that. I just happen to have this freedom streak of like, I want to write whatever I want to write. Then yes. I'll give it to you. And so I'm, I really prefer to write a whole book and then try to sell it, okay. which is not the industry norm for someone who has written 10 books, I would say. That makes sense. But yeah. for a newbie, it would be. It has to be that yeah, way. You yeah. have to have the whole thing written. Yeah. That's okay. Right. I, that, that it must be really nice. I can imagine. I have never written under contract in that way. So I think just thinking about that makes me a little sweaty and stressful or mm-hmm. stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. it's like, oh. <laughs> uh, you want me to have it all done? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what if exactly. Actually, I would probably just sacrifice all the other parts of my life and make everyone miserable to make the deadline, which isn't really that great yeah. either. So No, it's really not <laughs> ideal. So I don't do that anymore. And I'm lucky that I've always had two careers. So I do. Okay. I help writers make a living writing fiction. And I, a lot of people say that that's not possible. I'm like, I'm doing it and I'm not the most brilliant nor the best writer. I like what I do. I'm not yeah. at all being self-deprecating. I just think it's powerful to hear, like, of course you can. There are certain things you have to do, certain skills you have to learn. The idea of not marketing your work, that is dead. It doesn't matter if you're self-publishing or you have the biggest publisher in the world. So I'm going to tell you about all of that. But I do love that I coach also. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before that, I was also a journalist. So even though I have very much paid the bills with fiction, I always had the freedom to not. Yeah. So it's easier. That's a huge yeah. gift. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you brought up uh, your coaching because I want to talk about mm. that. Your website is, I love the tone of it because it's exactly oh, what you're expressing right now, yeah. which is, hey, there is a path that's grounded in reality here and you mm-hmm. can get on it if that's what you want. Yeah. And that's what you're willing to work toward. I mean, would you say that's correct? Yeah. It's not wow. like, oh, you're going to sell one book. It's going to be magic. My first book sold at auction for six figures and it tanked. And it took me three years to even write another book that I could sell that someone would buy. So I'm not saying that's everyone's experience, but I know what it's 
like to fail. Mm. And I also have learned that to create a career out of fiction, you must create a body of work. So whether that means four books or 40 books or 400, really up to you. But understanding that kind of takes the pressure off any one book Mm -hmm. because some books don't work and we don't know why, right? It's just it's so mercurial. The Mm -hmm. whole thing is I discovering that is so interesting, right? You can do everything right on the spreadsheet of yep, check, check, check. I took all the courses. It's got the perfect rhythm. I did the thing. There's the you know save the cat moment. It doesn't matter. We don't know what will work. It's so crazy to think about. Yeah, Yeah, it's a very so. I like what you're saying. You're right. You have to develop a body of work to absorb some of that. Just. Unsure yeah. element. Yeah. All markets sense. are inherently volatile. I think publishing sure. just feels worse because it's so personal. Yes. Even nonfiction. I work a lot with nonfiction writers. That's still really personal. Your name's on the book. Oh, sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You don't want it. I I don't know anyone who would want to be told this was a waste of my time. That's right. <laughs> Whether we're having <laughs> coffee or you're reading my book. Yeah, exactly. It's not the best. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Do you find, so with your coaching clients, Mm -hmm. do you find that, are you ever talking to them and yourself, or do you feel like you've kind of arrived at a point in your career where Mm -hmm. it really is, you feel kind of fully settled? I mean, I know you're still learning. Mm -hmm. We all are in some way, but does it feel more like you're imparting those, that information Mm -hmm. to them, or do you ever get some from that? I get something from every client I work with, truly. Do you? Yeah. Coaching really changed my life. I'm pro-therapy. I went to therapy extensively. For my brain, the future focus of it was transformative. And that's why I got certified and then master certified. And I believe your coach should be the closest thing to neutral that you have Mm -hmm. other than a therapist, for example. Yeah. Uh, So it's not getting, you know, into the pool with them and saying, oh, I feel your emotions or anything like that. You're trying to stay neutral. Yes. But I'm always doing the work alongside them. Any question I would ask you as your coach, I've asked myself. Mm-hmm. Probably I'm going to ask myself again because we're talking about it. And then there's just, I think it's a lie to say you're not feeding off the energy of the other person. Sure. And for me, seeing someone light up because they realize, holy crap, my dream might happen. Mm. That's contagious. There's an entire body of research from this Harvard researcher who's no longer at Harvard, basically showing emotions are highly contagious. Habits are also highly contagious. Yes. That's that in motion. So if I can inspire you, then in turn, I'm inspiring myself. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. What a great place to be. It sounds like it's just right for you. Yeah. Thanks. The psychology of it too I think mm-hmm. what you're talking about with reflecting, I think, especially for writers, it's such a, it's like a business that's just laced with insecurity at every yeah. level, right? Yeah. You're so exposed and there's so much judgment. And now we have the internet so people can give you a one-star review because the box was messed up. I mean, And then just, tag you on Instagram to make sure yes. that you know about it. Yeah. So I am big on boundaries. Yeah. I think some of this we manage in our minds. I okay. There's a big difference between confidence and self-confidence. I know we use them interchangeably. Okay. Confidence is like, I've written 10 books. Now I know I can write a book. I sit down to write a book. Even though I still feel a little like uncertain, I'm like, you can pull this off. You've done it a trillion times. Got it. Self-confidence is, I have no idea if this is going to work, but I'm going to have my own back. I am going to focus on the parts of me that are going for this rather than all of my deficiencies, right? Okay. So I really work on myself and with other people on that self-confidence piece. 
But the other side of the coin that I don't hear discussed as much as I would like is you don't need to have thicker skin, right? What makes you good at writing is that emotional vulnerability. Often. I know there are exceptions. Sure. Um, And basically there's an exception to everything that's ever come out of my mouth. (laughs) Caveat, I'll have that on my like tombstone. (laughs) Some things may not apply. So there's that, but I do believe in boundaries. And if someone tags you, so I worked with a marketing company a couple of years ago that took my money and trashed my book online and I found it and boundary, I immediately blocked them, got rid of them, did all the things like these are okay. You don't have to feel bad about setting boundaries to protect yourself because it is unfortunately a visible business. So you know, another boundary you can set for yourself is don't read your reviews if they no. make you feel bad. I don't read them. Yeah. My husband looks for good things and will like feed me a line of like, people think your dialogue is good. So that's helpful. That is Knowing helpful. that you're a garbage human says, <laughs> you know, Leanne in Missouri, not so good. So yeah, so boundaries. <laughs> not yeah. a lot I can really do with that. It's not really yeah. actionable. Yeah. Sorry, Leanne. Not, not helpful in any way. <laughs> Sending love, Leanne. Yes. Sending you so much love. <laughs> It's so true, though. You're exactly right. Having boundaries around ourselves and in that professional life is so critical. And I love that. I'm going to be thinking about that confidence Mm -hmm. versus self-confidence because that is something I have never considered, right? So confidence being kind of this more almost evidence-based, would you say, or external? I've given so many speeches. I can Mm. go up there and my knees don't knock anymore because I... I know how to do this. Yeah. I know how to handle the scenarios. Yes. So that's, you know, that sort of anxiety is eased by the fact that you know the things you need to know. You've been in that situation. Yes. Self-confidence is just very inward uh, focused and it takes practice, right? Yeah. Society doesn't tell us like, oh, have your own back. Mm -mm. It's like judge yourself based on all of the external output that you're being given. And then you get to decide if you're worthy or not. And P.S., the answer is always going to be no. Because there's always going to be someone better, prettier, younger, smarter, wiser, wittier, whatever. You know, forever the rest of your days. (laughs) Forever and ever. Amen. Yes. (laughs) Let's all peek over the fence and we'll see what's happening over there. (laughs) Exactly. It's it's so true and so critical. That self-confidence. Yeah. Mm Self-abandonment is really something that our culture doesn't take seriously because we're so outward focused. And so this idea that, yeah, we have to, we have to have our own backs. That's a perfect way to put it. Gosh, you should be a writer. No, I get that a lot. (laughs) You're not the first person that's told me that. I'm going to look into that. Yes. I really was especially interested by your coaching website because I loved, now that I'm in the end stages of editing one, it feels, editing a book, it feels, yeah, yeah, I'm finishing up a memoir. We can can discuss it. Thank you. I'm very excited. But now that I'm in the end stages of it, I think, wow, writing another one could be really fun. And also I find the idea absolutely appalling. Because I'm like, this is a horrible idea. Because I think knowing, well, I think it just is the, I had no, I was, I was so green, you know, Mm. and you just, it really is kind of that childbirth analogy where, yeah, I mean, it's a product, it's not a baby. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. That's a whole separate conversation. But this idea that, you know, 
like when I was pregnant with my first, I'm special and unique and I'm having a baby. And yes. then the second time you're like, well, <laughs> this I kind of know what I'm in for. And so yeah. that, I think that sort of feeling is more of it. And also I've started writing fiction on the side, but I'm mostly just mad with power about the whole thing because I after memoir, I'm like, I can make these people do whatever I want. So I felt that way going from journalism to fiction. Okay. Did you? It was such a relief to be in the fact-based world all day. And of course we still bring facts to fiction, but not being like every quote must be accurate. Every single thing in this must be like, oh, I get to pull the puppet strings and make these people do what I want. Yes. It's really healing in a way that I was not expecting when I started writing fiction. Mm. I just wanted to do it because I loved to read it. Yeah. But then when I got into it, I was just telling, I run a mastermind and we met earlier today. And I said to them, I was about four or five books in when it actually occurred to me that everything I write about, I need to learn that lesson. I'm doing it vicariously through the characters, not in situations of my own life, but the theme, whether it's grief and loss, people pleasing, changing of identity, uh, healing from trauma, those yeah. are all for me. Mm. So I didn't know that going in. And it was really amazing when I saw it. You can't unsee it. Like, yeah, oh, this is for me. It is really, I mean, there's, I love how you talk about writing because you have such an equal parts. You have a head down mentality for mm-hmm. me where it's like, hey, this is work and you yeah. you have to approach it as such. Yes, But then also you do have an appreciation for the magic of it where yeah. there is sort of a, there's a spiritual side to it. I don't know if you would use that word, but that oh, idea that it's, it, some of it is created by us and some of it comes to us for yeah. whatever reason it's supposed to be there. So that's a really neat way to approach it. I think we have to marry these concepts always and anything that is one or the other, I really side eye. Yes. I mean, I love science, but I'm a little woo too, right? I actually think science explains woo. I think what we call like law of attraction. Yes. No, you show up differently when you have a certain belief and you have a certain feeling and then you get different results. Shocking, right? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Someone write that down. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like you do have to do the work. It is a job and embrace that too. I love to work. I love that I love my work. Like Mm -hmm. that's all good. So you have to have both. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Science explains the woo. I love that. It really does. You're totally right. Cognitive behavioral science, peeps, like yes. super easy. 100%. You heard it here yeah. first on yes. Ask a Librarian. Breaking Camille news. Kabon. Yes. Camille Pagan <laughs> breaks it down for us. <laughs> if you could write a book or, I mean, obviously you could, but yeah. is there one locale or area that you haven't explored like a physical mm. place in the world that you would write about or in space. I don't know if you're into sci-fi. <laughs> oh, so there are so many places in Puerto Rico that I'll probably return to in fiction. Okay. Um, I'm not from Puerto Rico. My husband is raising two Puerto Rican children. So we spend a lot of our summer there just to give them part of their heritage. And I've been going there for yeah. 22 years with my husband. So it's near and dear to my heart. It's my home away from home. And we love the island so much in so many different places, but I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm afraid to write about this because I don't want everyone to know about this one spot. I felt that way about writing about Sagatuck. It's not a secret place in Michigan. It's a very popular destination. Tons of people come over from Chicago. Everyone on the other side of Michigan goes over there. And even then, I had a couple people, like early readers, be like, why did you reveal that? (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's like, you know... 
Ellen Hildebrand and Nantucket, like now everyone knows. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. But I love location is a, it's its own character. Yeah. yeah. It is. And I love Lake Michigan too, because oh, Lake yeah. Michigan, I mean, the first time I went there, the, I think the vast majority of Americans who have only ever been to regular lakes and yes, not the right. Great Lakes do not picture Lake Michigan as what it is. It looks like an ocean. It does. With murky water. It's crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think reading that, I loved envisioning it. It was just perfect. Mm, But yes, you you really let the secret out. And Mm -hmm. so I'm sure that, you know, Leanne in Sagatuck will probably be emailing you about that. But your husband can read that comment. And it'll be Apologies. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's true though, those places that are that are close to our heart. I mean, we want to write what we know. And so Yeah. Yeah. I love Puerto Rico is such a beautiful country. I got to go there once when I was Mm. 17-ish, but... Go again. It's amazing. I would like to go back. It's beautiful. Okay. So one more question for you, and that is, what do you think is the most, I guess, the most valuable lesson you said, Mm -hmm. like, that you learned writing this particular book? What was something that, something that Mm -hmm. felt like a, I'm so glad that Mm -hmm. I saw that in it? So it was the act of writing the book itself. Okay. I, like everyone, pandemic was so traumatic for us as Mm -hmm. an earth, right? Everyone felt it in some different way. And there was a point at which, so I wrote this book at the very end of 2021, early 2022. Okay. And it felt like we were finally coming out of the pandemic And yet 2022, I think, was a very hard year because we realized like, oh, we've got all this stuff to deal with. The kids were not our right. Like really, my kids really struggled. We had to make some hard choices about their education and lots of different things. Yeah, Uh, A lot of us lost people we loved. Mm -hmm. A lot of people came out of it differently than they went in. And I wanted to do something that was just joyful for me. Mm -hmm. And that gave me, I think, being through that kind of trauma yes. uh, gave me the courage to just say, I know I'm on contract and I need to listen to my gut. Mm. And it's, I knew that early in my career, but we forget sometimes along the way. Yes. And so it's one of these things where I will never forget that, how it turned out. The book itself was such a joy. I wrote it very quickly. The editing process was the lightest edit I'd ever had in terms of back and forth. The team's enthusiasm around the book, the early reception has been wonderful. Yeah. And I know they're not all going to like sparkle the same way. Sure. But that act of organic creation for the sake of creation, I won't do it a different way going forward. And that's just the end of the story. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah. no more contracts for you. I mean, in that maybe way. if it makes sense, but it must come from that spark. Yes. I never say never to anything because things change and the conditions, and my gosh, as you know, publishing changes all the time. Yes. It's the ever moving. Yes. And so, I mean, I think it's all to our advantage to stay flexible. I always tell my kids like be kind and be flexible. So that applies to our writing careers too. And so I'm flexible, but I think that intuition, that spark, we know it once we have it. It's like having true love for the first time. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's what that feels like. Okay. That's what I'm aiming for. And so that's my compass going forward. I'm so glad that you had that experience and that you have that in your mind. What a gift. 
Thank you. That's really beautiful. Well, thank you so much for this time. This was my pleasure. A joy. I think I could talk to you all day. I really want to pick your brain about (laughs) therapy and all sorts of stuff. Yes, all the things. (laughs) So I'll just have to wait until your next book comes out and then we can talk about it then. Thank you, Julie. Such a joy to speak with you. Oh, same. Thanks, friend. Have a good day. You too. Thanks. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Ask a Librarian. As always, it's my joy to share and learn with you. You can follow me on Instagram at juliewritewords, or you can go to my website, juliewritewords.com. There you'll find the show notes, including all the books mentioned in the episode. See you in the stacks next week. And until then, friends, never go anywhere without a book.